Welcome back or welcome to the Single Track Podcast. I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and in this episode, we talk with Jeff Colt, a professional runner for On based in Carbondale, Colorado, who is lining up for this year's Western States 100 after securing a golden ticket at the 2022 Black Canyon 100K. Before we get started, though, this episode of Single Track is brought to you by Soar Running. Soar Running, that's S-O-A-R Running, are a London-based high-performance running apparel brand. Why am I excited to partner with Soar? Well, if you're like me, you take pride in your running gear and you want the best. That's why I'm stoked about this brand. They are pushing the running apparel boundaries when it comes to producing gear that we care about, like wet and cold weather layers and racing kits. I'm also excited because they are finally moving into the trail running space. After years in the figurative lab, they have launched a trail-specific clothing line that I've had a chance to test. Specifically, their half-zip t-shirts, trail race vests, and trail shorts, all out on multi-hour runs in my backyard of the Wasatch Range. This apparel is the real deal. If you want help getting kitted out for your training and racing needs, Soar is offering us an exclusive 20% savings at SoarRunning.com. All you got to do is enter the code SINGLETRACK20 at checkout, but act fast. This code is only valid through June and July. I'm stoked, people, and I care about you all. I wouldn't be endorsing something if I didn't believe in it and use it myself, so go check out Soar Running when you get a chance. With that, let's get on with the show. Jeff Colt. Welcome back to the Single Track Podcast. Thanks for having me, fan. So ever since our talk back in February, which I'll link to in the show notes, which gives an overview of your background in the sport, how you got your ultra running chops as a member of the Hut crew in the White Mountains, how you got your golden ticket at Black Canyon, we'll, we'll just save that for that interview if folks want to go check it out. But man, I just want to say before we get started, ever since that episode, I've been on a super Northeast kick. Uh, super inspired. Finally had a chance to talk on the podcast with Andrew Drummond, legend. Uh, just had a pod with Ryan Atkins, another legend that's dropping after Western States. And Jack Kenzel, I don't know if you saw, but he just got a new White Mountains 100 FKT, which is just insane. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. But man, what a cool scene over there right now. I'm like, I want to get back there. Me too. Uh, I think about the Whites and I think about... Uh the North country of New Hampshire, Vermont and Maine quite a bit. Um, yeah, Jack just finished, you know, the white mountain national forest, like hundred miles on the AT, um, and finishing it like has already, you know, that already, uh, seemed to be difficult for him last summer. And so finishing it's a huge deal, but did 26 hours. And I was chatting with him afterwards and he was like, yeah, I think I can go sub 24 hours, but it's hard for people who haven't spent a lot of time in the white mountains to understand 15 minute miles, like four miles per hour. doesn't seem like a lot out here in Colorado or California or Utah. It's so hard to maintain four mile or four um, miles an hour in the white mountains for an extended period of time. And I think he ended up 3.8 miles an hour and not quite, not quite where he needed to be to, crack that sub 24 mark, but yeah, the white mountains have a lot of amazing runners and, uh, a lot of amazing trails and stuff to run. Jordan Fields is another one, uh, another guy to pick his brain. He's, he's in one way, shape or form had every FKT and, uh, you know, the whites, like the big ones, Pemi Loop, Prezi Traverse, Hut Traverse, um, 
but yeah, trying to cook up a couple plans with him this summer to get back and go after some fun white mountain routes. Well, we will, uh, we'll have you on the pod again at some point because there's a lot more we got to talk about. But one thing I want to cover before we get into Western States material, one of the things that caused a lot of chatter from our first conversation was the emphasis you put on how much you stand each day and how integral that is to your training and your success as an ultra endurance athlete. And we actually have a fair number of new listeners to the pod since you've been on. So can you rehash some of that for uh, potential folks who are hearing about you for the first time? Yeah, maybe I'll split it in two parts because uh, there's an update on that. But uh, in in my like fitness and my training, um, I try to maintain mental stability more than anything. And sometimes that means I'm not going to get out for a run in a day. And instead of beating myself up for not getting out and running, I just, my practice has been to stay on my feet as much as possible. And if that's you know, 14 to 16 hours a day, that's great. Um, you can't really fall asleep if you stay standing and these ultra races, whether it's a hundred kilometers or a hundred miles, especially you need to be comfortable standing on your feet. And at the end of the day, time on feet is the most important metric that I'm concerned with. Um, whether that's time on feet, training, running, biking, or standing, um, time on feet's super important. That said, the last like three and a half months for this training block, I've actually, I probably run more than at any other period, you know, in my training. Um, I maintain close to like 70 to 90 miles a week for the last 14 or 16 weeks and um, still sprinkling in a good amount of biking in there and also a lot of standing. But um, I have... I think in some ways done a more uh, kind of classic training block for, for Western states this go around. And given that this is relatively new territory for you in terms of like overall volume, or maybe it isn't, but at least that I can see on your Strava, do you feel like you're absorbing it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, the big news is I, I tested positive for COVID last week and was like totally down and out the beginning of last week which sucked. Mm. I think I even remember seeing on your like newsletter, uh, I was in the Dallas Fort Worth airport flying back from New York city from a wedding and like read something like any Western States runners, like the last thing you want to get right now is COVID. And I was like, I feel like I might be getting COVID. (laughs) Sure enough, I did. Um, but I think, you know, a month ago I, did three workouts or three hard days back to back to back um, in terms of just the vert and like where those specific runs were in my psyche of like, those are hard runs and uh, not one of them really felt hard. Like I, I started thinking like, okay, like I've got a different level of fitness going now. And um, I think some of that was attributed to speed and like some speed work um, prepping for the quad rock 25 miler and then yeah just did a little tune-up race two weekends ago the basalt half marathon here in the roaring fork valley and kind of just ran it as a speed workout and it was as good or better than any workout i did while i was training for like the boston marathon in 2018 so definitely felt like my fitness was there but not strictly attributed to the amount of miles a week i was doing 
I think more so to the quality of the training. I basically was trying not to do any junk mileage, um, quality time on bike and yeah, still thinking more about like the amount of vert I was getting in a week and the amount of hours of training a week than mm. mileage. And one thing I'm curious about if I was, if I was going to put like a label on you, I see you as like a true mountain athlete, which means that you encompass a lot of different sports beyond running. And I bring that up because you had expressed concerns heading into black Canyon that that might not be a course that suits your strengths. And because maybe it's just like a runnable course and Western States poses similar challenges. And I'm, I'm curious, uh, do you feel like, um, you have what it takes at Western States to, to be right there, like in the unofficial podium, the top 10, uh, what, yeah. what, like, what are you taking confidence from given that, you know, yeah, you just had similar concerns at black Canyon. Yeah. I want to come back to this another time with you. Cause I truly think like the best potential ultra runner is likely a major league soccer player. I don't think track speed really translates all that well. I don't think like road runners are going to be the best at being agile and having really variable foot strike. Whereas like someone like a soccer player or like Dylan Bowman played lacrosse or mm. Nordic skiers, like who have this different, different type of athleticism. I think it translates better for ultra running. Um, I definitely thought Western States was runnable. I went out like five weeks ago now and ran the middle 40 miles of the course. And I kind of felt like I stared the monster in the eyes and was like, holy cannoli, I need to do more vert. Like these downhills are unrelenting. Um, like 2,500 foot descents yeah. that really like hammer your quads and then you get a big climb, but you got another one and then a big climb and another one. And I think Western States gets this reputation of being runnable and Jim, Jared, Tim, whoever, whoever's gone sub 15 on it, like that's amazing. Cause like it is not necessarily a fast course. It's just a bunch of fast people come together at the same time and push each other and people run fast times on it. Um, the two other hundred mile races that I've run, run rabbit run and I'm tough. I was right around 20 hours and I was kind of like, all right, in my head scheming, like I think I can go between 16 and 1630 or so on the Western States course, uh, depending on conditions and like seeing those climbs, I was like, why do I think I can go any faster than 20 hours? Like this is a hard course. Um, and it does come back to, it is runnable and the last 28 miles, 30 miles, especially are runnable. So I think as long as I don't overexert myself, up until Forest Hill or up until the Ruckachucky River Crossing. Um, if I still have my leg strength and turnover for those last 30 miles, I definitely mm. think I can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with some of the maybe more fleet-feeted, like running background uh, racers who are going to be out there. Um, yeah, there's certain guys who have way, way different high ends than I do in this race. But um, I do think I've got a pretty good grasp on control and just my pacing and understanding my body and breath that if I can run without 
you know, over pushing myself in the first 62, um, I'm going to be in a far better place than anyone else at Forest Hill, which that's the plan. I've made a note here to, uh, when we talk again sometime in the future, we'll, we'll debrief this whole Western state strategy. Um, I want to talk about expectations on race day. If I look at what you did at Black Canyon, you executed like a champ. You closed extremely well. In a sense, you came out of nowhere as far as the limitations of live tracking uh, to get that golden ticket. Is it going to be a similar strategy at Western States where we don't see you in I Run Far's live coverage until like mile 70 or 80 and then you're there? I hope so. Uh, that would be great. Um, I, in looking at, I am more of a pace runner than a race runner. And I know like a bunch of people have said, you can't run Western States course with a pace in mind because of the, the um, weather conditions and potential heat. I, I think I can run with a pretty relative understanding of like my exerted effort and the pace I want to be. And I'm kind of eyeing that, you know, that women's fastest time as, my guidance up to Forest Hill because it's, I think, a little bit more conservative than probably the top 20 guys will be running. Um, still puts me in this place of being in contact. And yeah, I, in terms of like heat strategy, I've got aerobic fitness and I've got a good hydration plan and cooling plan. And those are the things that are gonna, I think, make a big difference when it comes to 2 p.m kind of rolling, rolling between Michigan Bluff and Forest Hill. And, um, yeah, so I think, I think the, uh, the conservative starts definitely still the play. Um, I do recognize like if I go too conservatively, I might end up, you know, out of the mix for one of those top five potential spots, um, with this last week and taking a week off of running and being sick instead, I am definitely adjusting my expectations a little bit and want to listen to my breathing and my heart rate more, um, kind of through hundred K, but everything's still there. The haze in the barn, all my trainings there. I know kind of how to build my mental strategy between now and Saturday and want to go out and give it my all. Two questions here. One, is it safe to assume that you expect to be somewhere safely in the top 10 at the end of the race if things go well and then b what time do you think it's going to take to crack into the top 10 at this year's western states knowing what we know about the weather right now and we're you know six days out yeah so it looks like it's actually going to be a pretty average year and it's going to be hot it's going to be if it's going to be you know in the 90 degree range in auburn it's probably going to be close if not 100 degrees in the canyon. So it's going to be, I think, a relatively hot year. Um, on some of those years, 1630 will get you in the top 10 just barely. And some of those years, 1730 is like a shoe in for the top 10. Um, I think, you know, I'm going to run with time in mind through that 100K mark when I can be just regulating and kind of keeping cool, calm and collected, but then the race starts. And if that means I have to, you know, tap into having my best day I've ever had and try to crack closer to 16 hours and maybe get the top 10, 
that might be what's called for. Um, in some ways, this year has a lot of talent, but maybe not as much, um, not as much veteran kind of Western States experience. Um, if Jared is our, one of our like veterans, like his, his, uh, presence at Western States has been a little sporadic over the last seven years, eight years. Um, so I do expect a race of attrition. And part of that is because there's a lot of egos and there's a lot of guys who are crazy fast. Um, I look to guys like Tim Tollefson as like, that's, that's the person to emulate. And if I can emulate whatever he's doing, maybe like 40 minutes off his back. Yeah. Who is, who is this year's Ian Charman? Ooh. Um, maybe Kyle is Kyle. Wait, is Kyle scratch? Kyle, not, Kyle, Kyle's scratch. I think yeah, he broke Kyle's his foot scratch. or something. Yeah. Um, he would have been now. Yeah. Yeah, for so many years, I just looked at like Jeff Browning, Ian Sharman, Mark Hammond, Kyle Patari as like these shoe-ins for the top 10. Like all four of those guys were going to be there. Um, none of those guys are there. So like the amount of leg speed and just like there's a lot of money for some of these top athletes potentially be one. And, you know, are you going to gamble to potentially crack that top two or top three to get a payout from your sponsor. Like Mm. if you do, that's the gamble that I'm counting on you making because, um, the more people who decide to go for that, the more people I'll be sweeping up. I think Alex Nichols could be the guy too. Alex Nichols is Alex Nichols. Yeah. He's super consistent. I really like his running style and, um, he's certainly experienced, but Yeah. It'll be, cool. it'll be an interesting day. Um, I feel super grateful just to be getting out there and getting to actually toe the line against some of the people I've looked up to in this sport for a long time. And yeah. Well, man, I, you, you know how much I appreciate how analytically you approach the sport. So this has been fun. The last question I have for you, what does your gear look like for race day? What shoes are you wearing? Pack, bottles, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I've been racing in the Cloud Stratus, which is actually one of On's road shoes. I'm going to race in that. Um, I've also got the Vista, which is their kind of lighter trail shoe. I might start in the Vista, kind of a little bit of traction going up uh, escarpment and probably to like dusty corners or somewhere somewhere in that kind of 40 to 60 mile range, but then swap over to my like comfort shoe to take me all the way home. Um, do arm sleeves, which... I've just been training with, but have never raced with before, uh, as a fair haired, fair skinned, uh, ginger. The sun is definitely like one of my big, big competitors out there, um, or opponents. So hat, sunglasses, arm sleeves, I'll be picking up a vest likely either like Michigan bluff or, um, dusty corners. And basically that vest is just full ice. Um, I like ice in the vest. It keeps me a little cooler. I'll do two handhelds from the start. And then once I pick up the vest, probably two bottles and a third bottle in the back. Um, I think a huge thing that I'm going to focus on is keeping my face and my hands like wet. I don't want them to dry out. I want to, I want to feel like there's energy and like rejuvenation, um, dry, 
baked skin is like just recipe for continuing to cook in the sun. So, um, yeah, yeah. Ultimate direction set me up with some bottles and vests and on's got me covered on the rest of the gear. So, um, hopefully stay cool and, and fast out there. Well, we will make sure to plug all of your social media in the show notes. Is there anything else you want to leave the audience with before we go here? Be grateful for your health. Perfect. I'm grateful for mine right now. Yeah. Well, Jeff, thanks again. Stoked to watch your race on uh, Saturday and not expecting to see you in I Run Far's coverage until later in the day, which I think is a good thing. Hey, folks. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. And before you leave, if you are a new listener, I have a favor to ask. Could you leave a rating and review of this show in your podcast player? If you could, it would mean a lot to me because it helps more passionate trail runners like yourself discover this show. Regardless, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back soon with many more interviews around Western states. Until then, I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and you have been listening to the Single Track Podcast.